Ah, sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Well, thanks so much, Dan. Unbelievable. It is 2017, and it's the 19th year of Freedom's Ring. But that really pales into insignificance when we consider that it has been 500 years since the Protestant Reformation. This year we celebrate the 500th anniversary. And here to, to reflect on what that means to us as Americans, my good friend, lawyer, historian, scholar, and uh, all-around good guy, <laughs> Nicholas Miller. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, Nick. Well, thank you, Alan. It's always good to be with you. And with that introduction, it's got to be downhill from here, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, try to be an all-around good guy most of the time, anyway, through God's help. Ah, uh, 500 years. So is it uh, Luther's uh, posting of the 95 Theses that... Uh, uh, is the starting point for the 500 years, or is it something else? That's right, yeah. 1517 was when Martin Luther posted on the doors of the Wittenberg Cathedral, or at least allegedly did so, uh, the 95 theses that um, critiqued and challenged the practice of indulgences and sale of forgiveness by the uh, medieval church. And Luther asserted that only repentance to God could bring forgiveness, and this wasn't something money could buy. And the ball started rolling from there. Well, I, you know, I could see Americans, uh, you know, forsaking the Reformation, because, of course, we're not in favor of anything that money can't buy. <laughs> <laughs> so if yeah. money can't buy forgiveness, I'm not sure we want it. Uh, then, then what's the point of it? Yeah, a lot <laughs> of uh, businessmen would ask. Um, and one famous prominent businessman has asked in the last year, hasn't he? Uh, Donald Trump was famous during his campaign for saying he really didn't think he needed forgiveness. So uh, perhaps it's not worth very much to him. But to those with uh, guilty conscience or knowledge of their sins, obviously it becomes a very, very important thing. It is. The thought that it wasn't controlled by humans, but to be obtained as a free gift from God, was truly a revolutionary thought. Well, and the Reformation, of course, has had profound influence on Western civilization, on, on the American Republic. Now, you've published, um, you've written a new book that's coming out. What's the title of the book, Nick? It's called The Reformation and the Remnant, and the subtitle is The Reformers Speak to Today's Church. And it's an attempt to look at the lessons of many of the Reformers, uh, Luther, Calvin, Wingley, Jacob Arminius, and to try to bring their thoughts there on many of the problems we face in our church and society today. Um, well, I think so, one of the one of the big issues that we face is what to do about public morality and the extent to which uh, religious values then gets imposed on the public, or or in some cases, like here in California, you know, the public values are not religious values, and, and religion becomes the minority value. But somebody's values are being imposed. We're learning the hard way that there are no purely neutral sets of laws or values. 
Um, and this was an insight that, that Protestantism had for many centuries. We've lost sight of it in the 20th century. But today, our deeply polarized political environment would suggest that you either have to choose between freedom and equality, where you have pure freedom and equality on one side, or on the other side, you have traditional values and morality and, and family and, and parents and children. And it's either one or the other, we're told. And it's in part because we've lost the lessons of, of our Protestant forebears who understood that there did need to be freedom in matters of spirituality and religion, a separation of church and state, but that there was a set of morals about family life, about the best way to conduct our, our choices in the area of sexual morality and in treating each other that could be discerned from nature, natural morality, and that that could be reflected in our laws. Um, and for its first 150 years, America very much operated uh, on these principles and on this basis. Uh, it's only recently that we've lost sight of both and we're forced to choose either between radical freedom and, and equality or extreme imposition of religious values. So it's uh, uh, the roots we need to relearn from our Protestant heritage. Well... When you talk about, you know, the extreme imposition of religious values, I think most Christians don't really see that as a realistic threat. Um, do you see it uh, as, as a problem? Well, it's certainly not for the last decade, because the left wing has been in the ascendancy, right? Uh, the media, the political leaders, academic leaders have all been largely left-wing egalitarian um, tides. And so our society uh, has gone in a direction where, no, religious values being imposed hasn't been a threat. But I think this is what's caused the political upheaval that we've just had over the last few months, uh, where the populace has risen up against these elite values imposed by academics and media types from the two coasts who sneer at flyover country in between. And the common American man and woman are waking up and saying, hey, you know, what about, what about us who believe in families and bathrooms for men and women and, and, and modesty? And, uh, you know, they rose up and asserted their political strength. And that was part of the reason, anyway. There's a variety of reasons that Donald Trump was elected. You know, I, I think that's true. And I have to say, in all frankness, I wish that we had found a better vehicle than our new president-elect. Exactly. We were forced to you know, choose between two inappropriate extremes. You know, he certainly has not been the embodiment of any of those values, and to the extent that he pays lip service to them, I, for one, have learned uh, not to take what he says at face value. And, you know, there's a positive and a negative to that. It may mean that some of the rhetoric that has been so distasteful, um, it was just posturing and, and not sincere. Um, we could certainly hope that that was true. Um, you know, of course, and there are many promises that were made that um, we might hope don't wind up in policy. But um, well, we just have to but let's stay on on track here and focus on not so much on on Trump as on. Uh, the lessons from the, the Reformation, and, and, and what do you see as, as key things that it has to teach us today? Well, I, 
I believe that part of it is um, a principle of sola scriptura that the reform has brought, that along with the priesthood of believers, that every man and woman had the duty to study the scripture for him or herself. Therefore, the government shouldn't make laws based on scripture to impose on individuals, because that would require them to interpret the Bible for you. So the right of private judgment in matters of scriptural understanding and religious belief uh, is the basis of our separation of church and state. Uh, and so that's an important lesson that we still need to remember. But on the other hand, the Reformers also believed in a sense of natural law and natural morality, and that's what the left wing has forgotten. But now I'm concerned, and I'm praying for President Trump and his vice president, Mike Pence, who's a strong member of the evangelical Christian right, that they will uh, that he will remember that religion is meant to be a private matter between uh, the believer and God and not use more public policy uh, to implement religious worship, uh, religious uh, spiritual values, uh, but that we can certainly have public policy defending the family um, and traditional values in that sense. Well, when you talk about having um, religion protecting the family and public values, uh, a lot of liberals get very, very nervous because they see religious liberty in terms of bigotry against, particularly against the LGBT community. Um, we need to be very clear that there needs to be a balance. It can't be a zero-sum game, either for religious freedom or for LGBT rights. LGBT individuals should have freedom to make moral choices and to be protected in those choices, um, but that shouldn't just always prevail over the right of religious business owners or um, uh, clergymen, um, photographers, who have convictions about what a family is. Those should be protected and guarded, even at the same time that we protect LGBT persons from unfair discrimination in the workplace or in housing. And the state of Utah, I think, has come to a good balance where they recognize the importance of both sets of values and attempt to balance them in a fair way. And I think we should be looking to do that at the federal level as well, rather than to be seeking complete victory for one side or the other. Now, to be sure, this kind of live-and-let-live approach was not followed by all of the reformers, and I think in particular of, of Geneva um, under Calvin, which uh, very strictly regulated behavior and, and religious life, did it not? No, that's correct. The, the Protestant Reformation isn't a monolithic thing. And um, if I can mention the, the, I mentioned the book, The Reformation and the Remnant, um, I wrote another book called The Religious Roots of the First Amendment, which point out that the roots of American freedom don't come from just Protestantism generally, but from the Radical Reformation, the roots lying in the Anabaptist, uh, early Luther's thought to the Anabaptist, to the English Baptist, uh, men like Roger Williams and William Penn, uh, who did move away from the magisterial reformation of Luther and Calvin, uh, who did inappropriately often enforce religious and spiritual values through force. Uh, so you're right to point that out. Well, and also, you know, to the extent, you know, you've articulated kind of a, a middle ground between, uh, you know, two sides of a culture war that are vying for dominance, whether it's the left or or the right being 
uh, more rooted in religious values on the right. Um, and, and you've suggested that we have to find a way where we can all live together with our unique values and lifestyles and be respected in our political community. But I'm wondering, um, is there a constituency that supports that kind of more moderate viewpoint? Well, that's a good question. I mean, that's how our country was founded, to allow us to have a religious uh, and moral pluralism. Um, you know, I'm just hoping that as people see our country swing from one political extreme to another, that it will make those in power more humble about how they exercise that power. They don't do it in such an absolute way, because when the pendulum swings again, then you have the kind of oppression you've given to others. Uh, and we don't want that. So I'm hoping that our political experience will show us a more moderate way. As our nation and the world commemorates the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation here in, in 2017, I do hope that we will renew our commitment to religious freedom under God, that you know, we will understand that you know, God does not coerce the conscience. Christ died to save us. He didn't twist our arms. And, uh, and it's not appropriate for us to be twisting anybody else's arms or for them to twist ours either. So, and that's the message of the Reformation and the Remnant. So thanks for letting me talk about it. <laughs> Always happy to put in a plug. I'm sure the book is available on Amazon. Our guest, Nicholas P., is in Peter, Nicholas P. Miller. I know I've Googled you many times on Amazon and found your books no problem. Thanks for being with us again, Nick, and uh, God bless. Blessings to you, Alan. As we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We offer legal services to those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org. Freedom's Ring is now available on SoundCloud, so you can check us out on SoundCloud or on iTunes. And don't forget, folks, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Till next week, let freedom ring. <laughs>